Hello out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. My name is DC Matthews, and I'd like to welcome you to the inaugural edition of what I'd like to call By the Book. And By the Book is going to be a fantasy booking podcast. Don't know how often it will happen, don't know how long it'll take, but I wanted the chance to talk to you, the neighborhood, and I said to myself, self, I have, or as in I, I mean we, hi Doc Manson, how you doing? Oh, by the way, Doc, I'm going to do my own podcast every now and then, hope you don't mind. Um, There we go, I asked permission. So, I have this thing, DDT Wrestling, we have ddtpod.com, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Why not utilize the space, use the voice? And since I don't think I'm, you know, telling any tales out of school here when I say, I don't really think a whole lot of people are into the columns anymore. I have an idea. Normally I'd write down a column. Now it's turning into a podcast. This podcast is called By the Book, and I'm going to do a little bit of fantasy booking. So thank you for joining me out there, neighborhood. It's a beautiful day. I hope you're doing wonderfully whenever you're listening to this. This is my first solo podcast since Doc Manson and I. You can find him on Twitter at Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I think I've already said that. This is the first podcast I've done since joining up with Doc Manson and starting DDT Wrestling. Uh, Those of you who've been fans long enough may remember, pained as it might be, Uh, The original Neighborhood podcast where I was out there talking by myself. Kind of glad I don't have to do that regularly anymore. But it is kind of fun. I don't have to worry about getting Skype set up. I don't have to worry about... I'm not going to have to edit it nearly as much. um, Making sure the audio is synced up. You know, I don't know if you know this, but it is quite a production to get DDT Wrestling uh, to you each and every Friday. It is a pleasure to do. I am happy to do it. Don't think I'm complaining. I remain the Pope of Positivity. But it is a little bit of a production. Uh, Doc and I record separately, although perhaps one of these weeks I will go over and see Doc Manson's fancy new digs. I'm sure that'll get talked about on DDT Wrestling this week. But we, we set Skype up, so I have here in my... Fortress of Solitude, if you will. I have here... I swear I'm going to get to the fantasy booking. This is what you get when you leave DC Matthews up to his own devices. It is even more stream of consciousness than you thought we were when it was us together. I apologize in advance. I've got my desktop computer, which is running Audacity. Audacity, for you uh, potential podcasters, is the program both Doc and I use to record our audio. My microphone's set up here. I've got my notes on my Chromebook here, and then there, on top of the tower of my desktop, being held in place by a lamp on top and a flashlight wedged uh, above some index cards to hold it up to the proper position, is the iPad that connects to Skype. We learned that if I tried to use Skype on the desktop, the audio wouldn't necessarily record. So I have to have a separate device so that I can see Doc Manson and speak to him while the audio records here. So I'm recording my audio, Doc's recording his audio. We eventually, when we're done, he exports it to me. I then need to import it into my Audacity, make sure it all syncs up. That's what the one, two, three kind of thing is that Doc used to make fun of me for leaving in the podcast. I wanted to take you inside the machine. Apparently he wasn't a fan of that. And then, you know, we make sure the, now that Nerd DC is a thing, and I'd love, I just want to thank you. We're going to probably read all of our reviews on this week's DDT Wrestling. I love that we're getting reviews. I love that they're high reviews. I, I would love anything you said that was positive about our podcast, but the fact that Nerd DC has been mentioned warms my Weird Al wannabe heart. You know, there's a part of me now that hopes that I can become the Weird Al of wrestling parodies, which is a very, very niche market. Some people say niche. I say niche. You can argue with me on Twitter, at DC Matthews NAI. All right, we've hit the five-minute mark, and I haven't done any fantasy booking yet, and I do want this to be a fantasy booking show. Um, I'm toying with the idea, since I'm going to have the summer off, 
of giving you some very short form daily podcast. I'm talking maybe 10 or 15 minutes um, kind of thing. I have to talk to uh, New Age Insiders, Jason Maltov, Liam Stryker, Bill Neville. I want to be make sure it fits in with the NAI Network and all the amazing things they're doing. Um, I hope you listen to their Extreme Rules coverage, their Raw coverage. I hope you listen tonight for their regular show. They're, they did four shows in three days. Four shows in three days. They are the Iron Men of wrestling podcasts. And I, I'm so tempted to sing my version of the Iron Man song, and I'm not going to do it because I can hear Doc Manson's voice in my head telling me to stop it. And he's not even here. He's at work. I'm not, but that's beside the point. He's at work, and I can hear his voice in my head telling me not to sing on this show. And so I won't do it, Doc, all right? You win. God, get out of my head. I can already tell that uh, doing 30 or 40 shows with Doc Manson has changed the way I podcast. I used to have to type everything out. I swear, I'm going to get to the fantasy booking. I'm as bad as Jason Maltoff saying... All right, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. I will start by the seven-minute mark. i got 30 seconds left. You've been very patient. Uh, What was I talking about? I don't even remember. Oh, I used to type it all out, and I'd read it, and it was very monotone because I was going, um, um, uh uh uh-huh, So I feel much more comfortable. Um, Hopefully you haven't turned it off by now. I hope you still love me in the morning when this is over. All right. Fantasy booking. I want to talk about money in the bank. Last night on Raw, we had five qualifying matches. We know as of now, because things always change in WWE, there are five people who have already qualified for money in the bank. Do you know who they are? I'm going to let you think about it while I drink some water. You're right. It is. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho, and Cesaro. Very nicely done. I'm impressed with your knowledge. They have already qualified. There are two opening spots. Um, I have said on Twitter for a while now that I believe John Cena is going to come out uh, next Monday, and he's going to announce his candidacy for Money in the Bank. He's going to enter himself in, perhaps, hopefully, in a uh, self-confident kind of way, talking about how he's the face that runs the place, so he doesn't need to qualify. I would love to see that. I like the John Cena character who's got a little cockiness, to him, I know a lot of you think he's going up against Rusev, and the fact that he's coming out on Memorial Day does give that rumor credence. Let me say that again. The fact that John Cena is making his return on Memorial Day and Rusev has won the U.S. Championship does give that rumor credence that they're going to feud, but I am going to choose to ignore that rumor because I don't like it. And when you're the Pope of Positivity, sometimes you ignore the things you don't like in order to feel better about the world. It's called the ah, la, 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 la. It's called that syndrome. You just ignore the things you don't like so the world is shinier and sweeter. So I am choosing to ignore these rumors about John Cena and Rusev, and I am going to stick with my prediction that John Cena declares for Money in the Bank. So that's the sixth person. Uh, As for the seventh person listening to, I believe it was the Raw Post Show of the New Age Insiders with new New Age Insider, uh, Corey Ponce. I hope you all enjoyed that. It was nice. Some people were asking, are are you going to be part of the new... New Age Insiders, since they're doing all of these things. And if you know me by now, you know I will not be awake at 11 p.m. Even in the summer. Uh, I'm a big fan of NAI. I I don't believe I can call myself their chief of staff anymore, but they are the reason that I am doing this, so I will be an NAI guy for as long as they are willing to have me. And I support all they're doing. Corey Potts did an excellent job. Um, And they were talking about how this match might need a high-flyer guy. And that's a very good point. Uh, Kalisto would make a lot of sense, especially after we saw him with the Salida del Sol during TLC. Was it just last year? It was just last year. 2015 TLC. I think it was the Lucha Dragons and the Usos in a tag match. I think there were other teams too, but he did the Salida del Sol onto the perpendicular ladder. That was awesome. Um, But I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go with, I think, what Bill Neville said, and I'm going to say the seventh guy is Bray Wyatt. And the reason I bring this up, as we are on the 10-minute mark, and I still haven't done any fantasy booking, 
is I have gone through, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, I've spent some time talking to myself about this in preparation for today's show. I'm sure you can tell. Getting some ideas as to where they could go. And so what I've done, and this is a column that I've written before, excuse me, another sip of water. Don't record a solo podcast when you're getting over a cold. It's a bad idea. Is I have come up with um, potential possibilities and ways that they could have all seven guys win. Um, You know, this is, as I've been saying, perhaps the single greatest money in the bank match ever in terms of star power, in terms of on paper. I would need to go back. My lost years included most of Money in the Bank, so one of my plans, I believe, if I have the time, is to go back and watch every Money in the Bank match that they've had. I I don't remember anything about Sandow winning or Ziggler winning or any of that. So, But if you look at this, John Cena, and this is presuming my predictions are correct, John Cena, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho, and Cesaro. Those are seven guys whom... With limited exception, we would enjoy seeing main eventing. That's a core group that if they were main eventing, if you knew that those seven guys were going to main event pay-per-views along with Reigns and Rollins, so now you've got nine guys, those nine guys were going to be in the main event scene for the next five years, throw in AJ Styles and make it a perfect ten, you would wet yourself. You would be so excited to see those ten guys in the main event scene. And this is going to be, I hope, one of the main event matches. Reigns versus Rollins will obviously be uh, probably the closer of the show. But that's, uh, that's, this is an epic money in the bank. And so it is possible for all of these guys to win. So I'm going to try to take more than the intro length of time to go through this with you. Uh, here we go. This is my DC Matthews fantasy booking what I would do, ways to give each person uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase. And we're going to start with the person who I think is least likely to win, and that is John Cena. I do not believe John Cena has a prayer of winning this briefcase. And it's because he doesn't need it. And I know on NAI Pod they talked about how John Cena shouldn't even be in this match because he has that kind of Brock Lesnar appeal where you can have a Cena match and Money in the Bank. You don't need to have them together. I, I get where they're coming from. However, I don't think John Cena is anywhere near Brock Lesnar's mystique. Um, you know, same kind of thing with The Undertaker. You They built an entire WWE Network special around Brock Lesnar wrestling. It turned out to be Kofi Kingston, I think, but he, he just beat up the New Day in Tokyo. Beast in the East was named for Brock Lesnar. I don't believe we're ever going to see a WWE Network special um, revolving around John Cena. And if I was more creative, I would come up with a clever title for that. But I'm not right now. So you do it and send it to me on Twitter and I'll share the best ones. So I don't think he is is at that level. You could certainly have a John Cena match on his own. And I'm, again, putting my fingers in my ears because I don't want him to wrestle Rusev. Um, But I think he's going to be in this match to build the star power, but I don't think he's going to win. But if he did, there's a perfectly great way for him to do this. Uh, Being the face, like they said on uh, NAI Pod, you know, the faces tend to announce when they're going to cash in. John Cena announces he's going to cash in his briefcase at SummerSlam. And there you have John Cena versus Roman Reigns, which I've personally believed was going to be your main event match at SummerSlam anyways. John Cena versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Brings those two guys together without either one of them needing to turn heel. It's a matter of the title. John Cena wants number 16. Roman Reigns will probably still be the champion come August. It is a natural way for the two of them to get together. John Cena, Roman Reigns, SummerSlam. Probably the easiest amount of fantasy booking that you can do. You just look ahead and say, okay, he's going to announce to cash it in. The next biggest pay-per-view is he's not going to do it at Battleground or whatever pay-per-view is in July. So he's going to do it in August, and he's going to do it at SummerSlam. If my uh, drinking water is annoying, tough. All right. um, I want to go to the next guy. I'm probably going to do this 
spur of the moment, uh, in least likelihood. You all know that I think Kevin Owens is going to win this. You all know this. Um, but so I've gone with Cena. I'm going to go the next guy. The next guy that I think is least likely to win is Cesaro. I love the fact that Cesaro is in this match at all. It's a clear sign that the suit, the sunglasses, the cool spy entrance, it's working enough so that Cesaro can be considered even on the periphery of the main event. I am happy just with that. Just that he is on the periphery of the main event is pleasing to me. Um, I don't think they're going to run with it to the point where they give him the briefcase. But if they did, one interesting way for him to kind of make it his own, uh, and again, you'll have to remind me if this has ever happened. I don't believe it has. I know the briefcase has been on the line before, and it's going to happen again in this fantasy booking uh, with a different superstar down the road. But why couldn't we see, uh, let's call it the Money in the Bank Open Challenge? Cesaro puts the briefcase on the line. It doesn't even have to be weekly, but a couple of times a month, he puts the briefcase on the line against anyone who wants to challenge for it. He could start with other people from this match, and he could go on from there, and it could go on for a couple of months, just like the John Cena US Open Challenge did. Cesaro is arguably the premier in-ring wrestler uh, who doesn't have a huge amount. He's got charisma, but he does not have the verbal skills um, to, to carry over into a strong personal feud. Can you name a strong personal feud that he has had besides with Sami Zayn and NXT? He was part of the Real Americans, so he was involved in whatever they did. He won the Andre Battle Royal. He was fighting with John Cena for a while last fall. He then got into the Intercontinental title scene. But he hasn't had the real, like, er, I'm going to get you kind of feud. You know, he's not Rollins and Ambrose. He's not Owens and Zane. He doesn't have that person. And part of that could be his lack of mic skills. This solves that problem by all he has to do is come out with his cool outfit and just declare whoever wants to come in, have a great 10 to 12 minute match. He can win a good number of them. Uh, maybe he loses some by countout or disqualification. An interesting wrinkle here would be to watch him turn heel while doing this. Now, Cesaro is hugely popular, and I don't think that's going away. Um, but we're in an interesting period here that I'll talk about later where we're, we're, we've got these shades of gray. You're going to hear that term a lot today. Shades of gray. Um, Cesaro could be cheered while still acting heelish. And, you know, one of the ways you could see that happening is he wrestles these matches, he wrestles these matches, he's beating people, you know. Just for fun, Bo Dallas comes out to challenge for the briefcase. And Cesaro gives him a decent match, but wins, obviously. Um, but then as it starts to get harder, as you start to see more guys, Luke Harper versus Cesaro, oh, as the phrase goes, shut up and take my money. Um, Cesaro versus Luke Harper would be amazing. But as it gets more and more difficult, as people start to really contend for this briefcase, we begin to see Cesaro take some um, sneaky ways out. Maybe he rolls out of the, maybe he's out of the ring, yet, you know, he sees this, um, he's getting close to being counted out, he sees the referee's count, he sees that his opponent is looking strong, and he hangs out long enough to get counted out. And the briefcase, I would assume, wouldn't change hands on a count out. He gets himself disqualified. And it's one of those kind of weird things where you're like, did he do that on purpose? Was that an accident? And as it goes on, he gets more and more desperate to protect the briefcase. The briefcase, much like the one true ring, begins to corrupt our dear Cesaro. He's already bald and probably could walk around hunched for a good long while. He's got good core strength. Um, and he begins to turn heel trying to protect that briefcase, which would then also fit in with the uh, common belief and the historically proven uh, that heels do better with this briefcase than faces do. Uh, as for an end game, I don't think Cesaro is the kind of guy, and I love him, you know I love him, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who winds up getting 
um, a major, 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 you know, I think he could win the title, but I don't think you're going to see him as a champion at WrestleMania. I could see him winning the title at a Survivor Series or even beforehand at Hell in a Cell and then losing it at the Royal Rumble. You know, I, I feel bad making this comparison, but Sheamus is kind of the similarity here. He would be a good, um, I don't even want to call him a transitional champion, but he would be a good short-term champion to get them through the fall and winter since Survivor Series is no longer one of the big four pay-per-views. You've got from SummerSlam to the Rumble. Anytime between the day after SummerSlam and the day bef- or the day of the Rumble, I could see Cesaro being champion. He probably would then lose it at the Rumble to set up whatever the WrestleMania story would be. Regardless, the fact that I can talk about Cesaro in the world title picture, it's, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for the neighbors. And I hope that you're still mine and listening to this podcast. All right. Uh, that leaves five. Looking at my notes here. Uh, I'm kind of torn between Jericho and Sami Zayn as who would be the next least likely. I'll go with Jericho because I really like my Sami Zayn storyline. Like I re- this the Sami Zayn storyline is one of the two or three reasons I'm doing this podcast. Um, Jericho, he's been doing so well uh, with this new hin- incarnation of the heel character. It's pretty much the same thing, but. Um, he did great with Ambrose. He did great with Styles. I could see him being rewarded for that with the briefcase. Plus, to the best of my knowledge, we haven't seen him work with Rollins. We haven't seen him work with Reigns. So he fits in to the main event scene in that way. He could continue to do the work he's been doing with Styles and Ambrose, but doing it with Reigns and Rollins. Um, you know, I remember, this is a slight aside, but you know me, I'm tangential. Um, I remember watching the ECW, I believe it was ECW, watching the ECW uh, documentary, and it was Paul Heyman, he was talking about looking at the different talents and going, oh, I could do something good with him, oh, give me him, I could do something nice with him, that kind of thing. Um, That's where I see Chris Jericho right now. You know, AJ Styles is coming in, you know, here he is. He needs a WrestleMania opponent. I can do something fun with him for a couple of weeks. Give me the chance. And then let me work with Ambrose. Let me work with Ambrose. We're going to have this great thing where, you know, I will do as much as I can to get him over. Because after Extreme Rules, I'm going to save my Extreme Rules reactions for GDT Wrestling proper with Doc Manson later this week. But after that, what I will say is if Ambrose cannot ascend to the main event now, it is nobody's fault but his own. Because... I liked that match with Jericho uh, a lot, and I think Jericho helped elevate Dean. So, I could see them giving Jericho the Money in the Bank briefcase partially as a thank you for all of his work, and partially because he can do good things with Rollins and or Roman Reigns. And I think, since I don't know, not super familiar with the history, but I can't assume he's going to stick around too long. You know, he was at Night of Champions, albeit briefly, and then I think he disappeared for a while, if I remember correctly. It's so hard to keep track of your wrestling history, um, at least in the short term. But I would imagine that by late summer, by SummerSlam, really, I would have to imagine here he's going to be ready to take another break. Maybe Fozzie needs to tour. I did check their website. There's no announced tour dates that I'm aware of. But I could see him um, more sneakily than Cena did, but I could see him inserting himself into the SummerSlam main event uh, in some form or fashion. I don't know that, you know, Rollins versus Jericho, to me, could main event a pay-per-view if Rollins was champion. Now, I'm not sure whether or not Rollins is going to win the belt anytime soon. I do think it's a possibility now. Finally, there's a guy that Reigns can face who I could see challenging for that title and actually winning that title. But maybe we wind up with some sort of triple threat. Reigns, Rollins, Jericho, you know, Cena, Jericho, Reigns, Rollins. Maybe it's Fatal 4-Way. Who knows? Um, But I think it would be, you know, he would walk around with it for a while. He would, you know, announce at the very last minute that he was cashing in to join something, maybe the week before a show or something like that. Um, He could win the title. I could also see him being happy to just not win the win the title, have one money in the banks. It is, it is, I believe, the match he created. So I could see him wanting to win. I don't believe he's ever won before. Um, 
and having a real good match with Reigns or Rollins, and then taking another break, which I think is best for everybody involved. All right. This brings me to perhaps my favorite one, and that is Sami Zayn. Uh, I love the idea that I got for this, and I'm trying not to toot my own horn. Toot, toot. But I was driving, uh, running errands earlier, and this idea came to me, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So, Sami Zayn happens to win, overcomes the odds, and in a moment even greater than Ryder winning the Intercontinental title, maybe even steps literally over Kevin Owens to grab the briefcase and win. Sami Zayn is your Money in the Bank winner, and Kevin Owens is, understandably, apoplectic with rage. And so, just like what Dean Ambrose did with Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens is going to make sure that Sami Zayn never catches in that briefcase. So he is attacking him left, right, and center. He is interfering. He's getting in his way. He's doing all of those things, anything he can think of to keep Sami Zayn from cashing in to the point where at a, you know, major pay-per-view, maybe SummerSlam, maybe something after that, Sami Zayn is on his way to, he's got the referee. Maybe we've seen, you know, Reigns versus Rollins two or three, um, you know, Excuse me. Reigns overcomes the odds, or Rollins overcomes the odds, but they look, they're just exhausted. And Zayn's got the briefcase, and he's coming down, and the fans are losing their minds because they think, here we go. And for the first time in a long time, Kevin Owens is nowhere to be seen. We're not sure why. Maybe Sami Zayn, you know, figures out some way of locking him in a closet. I remember sometime, another tangent, forgive me, there was some Raw I remember watching. This was during my lost years, but Kane and the Big Show were teaming up, and I want to say they were fighting La Resistance, but I really couldn't remember who they were fighting. And whoever they were fighting locked one of them, I think it was Big Show, but it might have been Kane, in a closet. And so, and they've, you know, they've like put a forklift in front of it, or they've done something to keep, the, keep one of them trapped so they can take on the other one. And so maybe it was Kane because Big Show's like trying to get the thing out of the way and Kane comes from the other side. And he's like, what are you doing? And Kane, I think, said something like, there was another door to the room or the closet. And I remember Big Show, I think, going like, well, that wasn't very smart of them. And just the wrestle silly of that got to me. Um, I don't think that was going to happen here, but that's just what it made me think of. The idea that, you know, Sami Zayn somehow takes out Owens or locks him away or does something so you think he's this is going to be the moment. Sami Zayn is going to cash in. Sami Zayn is going to win the World Heavyweight Championship. He gets into the ring. He may, you know, he goes to hand in the briefcase. They're seconds away from ringing the bell and Owens comes out and attacks, giving him the disqualification victory but not the title. So he has he has foiled him again. And so Sami Zayn is so upset about this, he wants a match with Kevin Owens. But Kevin Owens is a prize fighter. Kevin Owens is not just going to fight Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn wants to fight. If Sami Zayn wants Kevin Owens so badly, he has to put the briefcase on the line. And then Owens takes it. So Sami Zayn puts the briefcase on the line just to get his hands on Kevin Owens. And then Kevin Owens beats him and takes the briefcase. If you are unfamiliar, and I'm not super familiar with it, but if you are unfamiliar with the Tommy Dreamer and Raven relationship from ECW, do yourself a favor and get familiar. The ECW documentary, probably on WWE Network, is a fantastic thing to watch super good. There's a book that goes with it. The book is good, but the documentary is pretty much the book in video form, so naturally better. Hence why this is an audio podcast, not a written column. The beautiful thing about the Tommy Dreamer and Raven feud is that Raven always won. Except for, I think, the very end. There were very few and far between moments when Kevin... Kevin Owens, see, where Tommy Dreamer beat Raven. It was just, It was a fairly one-sided feud. And this is just, and I've, Tommy Dreamer says this on the documentary, which is where I'm getting my information. 
That is how this feud needs to work. Kevin Owens needs to win 90 to 95% of the matches he has with Sami Zayn. The first time Sami Zayn pins Kevin Owens cleanly in the middle of the ring should be for the world title at WrestleMania. So we're talking years down the road. Maybe two, three years down the road is what I'm talking about. This would be perfect to continue that because now Kevin Owens once again has stolen glory from Sami Zayn. He, you know, ruined his NXT celebration. He beat him to the point where he's just they had to stop the match and he wins the title. He goes to WWE first. And now Sami Zayn finally gets this golden opportunity. As JBL keeps saying, you're mathematically almost guaranteed to win the title if you hold the briefcase. And Owens takes it. I love that story. Maybe you don't, maybe you do. I hope you do, because I like it. All right. So there's my Sami Zayn story, which leaves us now the three. We've got Owens, we've got Ambrose, and we've got Bray. I'm going to go with Bray. Because I think, like I said, Owens is, I, I, he's, he's in my mind a mortal lock to win this with a little asterisk that says, unless Ambrose does. Um, but Bray Wyatt also, to me, has a great story. And I've, I don't know if I've talked about it, but I've written about it, I've tweeted about it before. So bear with me. This would have worked better if Roman Reigns was still, um, well, he was never really a great, like strong babyface in the lots of cheers. But this would have worked better in 2015, but I still think it can work here. And it comes down to the shades of gray that I was talking about earlier. We're in a weird period here where for a lot of these main event guys, we're talking shades of gray. And what I mean by that, I'm not just talking about Rollins tights from Extreme Rules. What I mean by that is... They're not necessarily heels, but they're not necessarily faces. Those definitions are becoming blurred. And I have no problem with that, and neither should you. Roman Reigns is booed, but cheered a little. Acting kind of heelish, kind of babyface-ish. You know, he's going out there and making the wishes, but he's still looking angry and, you know, defending his family. Again, honorable thing, but he's got that angry thing. He's attacking people. He's putting people through tables. He's doing all of that. Fun fact, this is a mental note for myself. I was, I fell asleep early Sunday night just because I've got this cold during Extreme Rules. So I'm still... I've only seen parts of the main event match and the women's match, actually. So I've got to do that after this podcast is go catch up on those matches because from all reports, that Extreme Rules title match was pretty good. Anyways, um, where was I? Oh, yes. So Roman Reigns is kind of in this nebulous position and Seth Rollins is as well. Seth Rollins got a huge pop at Extreme Rules. Would have been a little better if they played his music, but still. Got a great reaction on Monday, and we booed him because he asked us to. Because his actions indicated that that's what we were supposed to do. And when you like a wrestler, when you sincerely like and appreciate a wrestler, you do what they ask you to do. And, you know, I'm sure there are wrestlers out there, Bubba Ray Dudley probably is one of them, who says that they play you. They make you do these things. And maybe there's part of that that's true. I don't know if this is conscious or unconscious. But we booed Seth Rollins talking about burning all of our Get Well Soon cards because we saw what he was doing. And I don't love it, but I can appreciate what he was doing. So he is also, you know, he is acting the heel, but he's certainly not going to be treated like one, especially against Roman Reigns. So he's in this shady gray area, too. Um, you could argue that John Cena is as well. He doesn't act it. He acts the same way he's always acted. But the fan reaction is split. And Bray Wyatt is a similar kind of character. And that's what I was talking about was Bray Wyatt. Is when last we saw him, he was being cheered. He wasn't necessarily doing anything differently except for the cool 
um, you know, Tarantino-esque pointing when he was in that tag match with Roman where he was pinning one person and kind of pointed at the other one who got speared a minute later. I think they were fighting League of Nations that day. But he, so he's not acting any differently, but the reactions are different. So he's also kind of in this gray area. He is treated as a face when not necessarily acting like one. And again, I don't necessarily think these these vocabulary words um, mean the same thing now that they did before. But we're in this shady gray area, and it makes sense, I think, for Bray Wyatt to win the title, or win the briefcase, excuse me, because what he needs to do, what that character would do with that briefcase, is he would stalk the champion. And it could work with either Reigns or Rollins. The story, the history is there with Reigns more, but I think you might get more interest from the fans if it's Rollins. Every time the champion, whomever it would be, was wrestling, title match, non-title match, Bray Wyatt is at ringside. Maybe Braun Strowman becomes the keeper of the case, I don't know. I don't need Bray Wyatt to have a family, but it's fine either way. But Bray Wyatt's just sitting there. Maybe he's in the front row, maybe he's in a rocking chair, maybe he's just sitting by the announce table, maybe he's on the ramp. But he's sitting there, and he's watching. And as the champion begins to get beaten down a little bit more, as the opponent of the champion gains the advantage, Bray gets a little fidgety, and he starts to move closer to the ring. The champion starts to come back, Bray retreats a little bit. And as we go forward, it seems more and more likely that Bray's going to cash in. Maybe Bray takes the briefcase from Strowman, or whatever he chooses to do with the briefcase. He can melt it down and make a lantern for all I care. But, you know, the champion wins and is exhausted and dropped to a knee. His back is turned, and Bray climbs up onto the ramp with the briefcase, or the apron with the briefcase, champion turns around, Bray goes to get into the ring, and then stops. Because what Bray needs to do, he is the only person left in the company who can play mind games. Undertaker's not around anymore, at least full-time. Kane, from what I've heard, is running for mayor. He might be considering running for mayor, um, which, good for him. I'd support Mayor Kane. But... Bray's the only one who can play mind games, and so Bray needs to get into the head of the champion, whomever it is, and begin to plant seeds in their head that I can beat you whenever I want. It is inevitable that one day I will cash in this briefcase and beat you, and I can decide when that is. So maybe he comes close to, you know, he goes to cash in, maybe the champion is exhausted, looks, it looks like the perfect opportunity for the champion to lose the belt, Bray gets into the ring, hands the briefcase over, but then pulls it back and just laughs at the champion, because it's one of those situations where I don't have to beat you right now. I know I'm going to do it. And more importantly, you, the champion, know I'm going to do it. So I'm not going to do it right now. And he slides out of the ring in his Bray Wyatt wrestle spooky kind of way. And just, eh, don't feel like it. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week. Maybe next month. I think that would be a great story. And he could have his own feuds, perhaps, but really, that's all you need Bray Wyatt to do, is he's going ahead. Maybe he goes ahead and is kind of, you know, if you had it be Roman Reigns, continuing this weird partnership kind of thing, where he's talking about why he's the person that's going to take the title off. So it is in my best interest, my Bray Wyatt best interest. I'm not going to do the accent like Jason Maltov does. That's his thing. It is in my best interest to keep that title around your waist so that I can take it from you whenever I want. 
So I might attack your opponent. If you're wrestling randomly, you're wrestling Alberto Del Rio on Raw. I'm going to attack Alberto Del Rio backstage and weaken him so you have an easier time beating him because you're giving that title to me and nobody else. I think that would be an interesting story. I'm not necessarily sure Bray Wyatt has a real good chance of winning this briefcase. To be honest, this is my... I always tend to have a reach. I know John Cena's going to be in this match. La 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 la, I'm not listening to you talk about Rusev. I'm hoping Bray Wyatt's in this match. This is my pie-in-the-sky reach that Bray Wyatt would be in this match because I think him stalking the champion would be great with Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins would act more scared than Roman Reigns would. Either way, I think that would be fun. All right, that brings us to Dean Ambrose. And I, I would love to see Dean Ambrose win this briefcase because it would at least guarantee him another main event spot, which is a thing that I'm not sure we're going to see. I, you know, here we have the three members of the Shield. Two of them are in the main event, and one of them is in a featured match. I don't know how often that's going to be swapped around. I don't know how often we'll see Ambrose and Rollins in the main event and Reigns in the undercard, or Reigns versus Ambrose. Um, but Dean Ambrose, if he were to win the briefcase, it's all about the Shield triple threat. We know it's going to happen at some point. We know it's going to happen. SummerSlam probably is a little too early for it. But if Dean Ambrose wins the briefcase, it could happen whenever. And if WWE is wanting SummerSlam to be the big event not named WrestleMania, you know, over the last few years, WrestleMania has become the spectacle. And SummerSlam is the big storyline-driven pay-per-view. WrestleMania is not necessarily story-driven. It's the spectacle. It's because we need this big party kind of thing. Um, SummerSlam could be a time to see it. it, You would think they would save it for WrestleMania, but that's a long way to go. You could get there. Reigns or Rollins wins the title. Let's say Reigns. The, the, The smart money is on Reigns keeping this belt till WrestleMania. So let's say Reigns beats Rollins. Um, and... Reigns goes on. Rollins goes on to do other things. Reigns remains champion, maybe going on to face Cena. Um, Ambrose wins the briefcase, and Rollins wins the Royal Rumble. So Rollins comes out the night after Raw and says, I'm taking my belt back. And Ambrose comes out with the briefcase and says, well, here's the thing. I've missed you both. Let's all get together at WrestleMania. Let's have another WrestleMania moment as the Shield, but this time we're all trying to kill each other. You could make that happen, but, you know, if Ambrose wins, I am pretty sure there is a, he doesn't cash it in unless there is a shield triple threat in our future. Um, And again, WrestleMania is a long way away. And with the way WWE books, and again, we've talked about this, I understand why they book short term, because you can't guarantee health of anyone. They've had to scramble so many times with injuries and leaving all the way back to CM Punk, all the way back to Daniel Bryan and WrestleMania 30. We're entering now our, this is our third year of it. I could understand why this has now just become the way things are done with them. Long-term storyline is asking for trouble. So I, I do get that. So it could happen before then. It's going to be SummerSlam or WrestleMania. They don't do a Shield triple threat unless it's one of those two things. And I'm just saying, you want Brock Lesnar to have a match, I think there's more to the John Cena-Brock Lesnar story that hasn't been told yet. If you were to tell me your SummerSlam main event was a Shield triple threat and Cena and Lesnar, you'd watch it. You know you would. Throw in a... This is just... This is quick spontaneous spur of the moment fantasy book and go ahead we'll throw in uh, Owens versus Zane in an Iron Man match Owens Zane Iron Man match Cesaro Rusev for the US title I don't know why I'm doing this it's just for fun Cesaro Rusev for the US title and Brock versus Cena yeah Brock versus Cena and a shield triple threat boom four big matches for SummerSlam why not not gonna happen but why not which leads us to Kevin Owens 
And while this is the most, I, like I said, I'm practically guaranteeing this will happen, I probably should have thought of a better way um, to, I should have ended with Zane or Bray, because for Kevin Owens, Jason Maltoff already picked what I think would be the ideal way for this to go down, is Kevin Owens wins the briefcase, waits for John Cena to win 16, and then cashes in and ruins that moment solidifying his place in the main event and solidifying his place as the guy who is always going to be a thorn in the side of John Cena and always going to be perhaps just a little bit better. The only thing I have, and this is Jason Maltov at New Age Insider's idea. I am not taking credit for it. I am borrowing it. It's been out there. It's public. I'm giving him credit. So don't come after me, neighborhood. Don't haterize. Don't you drink that haterade. But my only tweak, and it's a mild one, I don't know. Again, like I said just with the last thing, I don't know that they'd wait. I don't know that they would wait until WrestleMania to have that story told. Because you could have John Cena winning 17 at WrestleMania. If you wanted to. If John Cena's 16th title reign is going to be 15 minutes long, if not less, he could do that sometime in late 2016, early 2017, probably late 2016, and win his 17th title at WrestleMania. So I love the idea. I think it's probably the likely scenario. I just don't know if it's a WrestleMania moment. I don't know if they give Kevin Owens that kind of WrestleMania moment. If he could do it to Sami Zayn, yeah. I don't know if you give this quote-unquote indie guy, I don't know if you give him that kind of moment over Mr. WWE. I hate to say it, but the uh, the likelier situation in my mind would be he does it at TLC or Survivor Series and then you're going to cringe. Laz won't cringe because Laz called this. Cena wins the Rumble and beats Owens for his 17th title. So Kevin Owens ruins his 16th title, but is the cause for celebration for the 17th title. And I'm, I apologize that I am ending my fantasy booking with such a heartbreaking idea. But that's probably... I'm being realistic here. I'd love to be the Pope of Positivity, but I'm going to be realistic, DC, for just a minute. That is probably more of where they go with this than having Owens steal Cena's WrestleMania moment. Would love to be wrong. Don't think I am wrong. But regardless, whatever happens with that, Kevin Owens is going to win a world title, and I know for a fact, quote, quote, that it won't be his only one. Kevin Owens... Will, I strongly believe, win money in the bank, use it to win a title, and it will not be his last world title. I do not know if AJ Styles will ever win a world championship, but Kevin Owens will. He is that once-in-a-generation star that no matter what his size, WWE and Vince McMahon will not drop the ball on this guy. CM Punk was, in his own way, kind of this same once-in-a-generation kind of talent. And they're of a similar generation, I suppose. But over the past five to ten years, CM Punk was that guy. He had that it factor. Where anytime he spoke or wrestled or did something, you watched what he did. Kevin Owens has all of the same tools, plus some more. I would say Owens is a better wrestler than CM Punk. I would say Owens can do more in the ring than CM Punk. 
and this is not just me not liking CM Punk, and I don't particularly, but I I think Kevin Owens is a more complete, well-rounded talent. So, my friends in the neighborhood, rejoice, because in a few weeks, we will be here on the DDT Wrestling Airwaves, whether it is by the book, my fantasy booking podcast, whether it is on the Manson Family Podcast, hosted by Doc and Mrs. Manson, and Oscar, hashtag Oscar Yes. Whether it is DDT Wrestling proper every Friday, unless the schedule needs to change, but I'm hoping we stick with Fridays, or whether it is on <coughs> DC Daily. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Had a little frog in my throat. Frog Baller, yay! We are going to be celebrating Kevin Owens winning the briefcase and ascending to where we all know he should be. And that, my friends, is a good place to live. I want to thank you for joining me here on the premiere episode of By the Book. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope that it was more along the lines of what you come to expect from the DDT Wrestling uh, brand. Um, it, I did not need to break out my old PWI magazines and read something to you. Um, I didn't need to channel Grizzly Matthews at all. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you have, please tweet me at DC Matthews NAI. If you haven't, you can just keep your comments to yourself. No. If you, if you didn't like it, let me know. Be kind about it. You don't have to be mean. I don't know why we believe that when we're on Twitter we have to be mean. You can be I, I accept all sorts of constructive criticism. If you think this needs Doc Manson, well, you might be right. But he's at work, and I'm not going to wait around for him when he's got a new house and he's got a you know porch to clean. He's got probably a electrical system to evaluate and painting or what have you to do. But uh, I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Please uh, follow me. Follow Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Uh, please support your friendly NAI network. Let them know you enjoy the show, whether it's through a review on iTunes or tweet them and say you enjoy the show. Um, though this will be solely for the DDT Wrestling itself uh, podcast feed. I hope you follow us. Find us on your friendliest podcast system. And until we meet again, I will close the fantasy book. See you around the neighborhood, friends.